Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to remind all of you of our lead sponsor, Routine. Routine sells a variety of products that I use. Like I promised you guys in the very beginning of this podcast, I'm only going to talk about the brands um, that I I have you know either use on a daily basis, believe in their products, um, and things that I would feel comfortable giving to f- friends and family and all of you um, to use yourself. And Routine is definitely one of those. They sell a variety of things, like I mentioned. Um, their most popular product and their newest product is called Morning Routine. This is something that I, no pun intended, have gotten in the hang of uh, using every morning. And it comes in a single serve packet that you just rip open and dump. I dump it into around 20 ounces of water into a shaker bottle, shake it up, and um, helps me hydrate and kickstart my immune system every morning. What's, so what's in it? What's in each packet? So each packet comes with half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and most importantly, no sugar. Um, like I said, it really does kickstart my immune system, gets me hydrated after waking up, you know, a little bit dehydrated just from expelling vapors, sweating during sleep, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think you guys will re- really love the product. Uh, routine, trusted ingredients, made convenient. If you would like to give Morning Routine or any of their other products a shot, you can go to yourroutine.com and use code SHANEWHITE30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. I will also include the link uh, and the discount code in the show notes for you to go in after today's episode and try it out. All right, everybody, before we jump into today's episode, this is a solo one with just me, and uh, we're talking about NFTs. I think uh, if you you know pay attention to the news, like I know a lot of you do, You've probably seen, um, you know, you've seen one thing or another about NFTs. And I thought, hey, what gives me a chance to learn a little more and uh, share it with all of you. So without further ado, today's episode on NFTs. Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. Today, we're just going to jump right into it. I haven't done a solo in a little bit. I have had a lot of guests lined up, um, went on vacation in the middle of it, and uh, so bringing them back. And this one is a very hot topic right now, NFTs. That's it's not stands for non-fungible token. Um, I did, I, you know, I, I hear about it everywhere. Um, a lot of the people I follow online have been talking about this. Um, you know, there's been some crazy deals that have been done recently. And, um, I was like, you know what, this might be, this would just be a fun one to do, do some research, learn how these things work and, uh, try to simplify it and share it out with all of you. So if you like these kind of episodes, keep listening. Hopefully I do a good job of uh, breaking down what an NFT is and how they work. If you really do just enjoy the interviews I do, I highly suggest going back to my last episode, episode 130 with Marcus Philly. He's a six-time CrossFit Games athlete. He also is a serial entrepreneur, excuse me, 
uh, and most recently, and, and really what he spends his, his, his main focus on today is his business Revival Strength. Just a really cool episode about uh, you know folks who make it to the competitive level of CrossFit and what a lot of them start doing to make money after they're done competing professionally. So really fun episode. Marcus is honestly just a great dude. Uh, it's been really fun getting to know him over the last few months of you know having this podcast, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. But all right, let's jump in. Let's jump in and talk about non-fungible tokens. Like I said, there is an article that was kind of like probably the simplest, most, um, I don't know, lack of better words, the tightest article um, that I've read. I will link it. It's from The Verge. Uh, the guy did a fantastic write-up, in my opinion, um, and his name is Mitchell Clark. So Mitchell Clark, if you ever listen to this, thank you. Your, your, your article was one of the ones that uh, made it into my podcast today. So NFTs, so what are they? Non-fungible tokens. You've probably seen these on the internet, people selling you know, digital things. There's a, a variety of things you can sell, and we'll get into that. Um, for, in some cases, a ton of money. So what are they? A non-fungible token, that's what NFT stands for. What does non-fungible mean? So fungible means uh, you can basically replace something with something else of, you know, same value or same substance. So for example, a Bitcoin is fungible. You can trade one Bitcoin for another Bitcoin, right? Um, but what you cannot trade and get the exact same thing back is maybe like a one-of-a-kind um a one of a kind painting or a one of a kind trading card, something where um, if you trade it, there, there's there's no way to get the exact same thing back. That's non fungible. That's just what that means in its simplest definitions. Um, at a very high level, um, most of the NFTs, not all of them, but most of them are part of the Ethereum blockchain. If you guys have gone back and listened to one of my earlier episodes on cryptocurrencies, Ethereum is a type of blockchain. I'm not going to get into the details of that because it's it gets pretty complicated pretty quickly. But it's uh, it's one of the cryptocurrencies that I'm the most bullish on. Um, I've been a big fan of Ethereum for uh, really really the last six years. Six years ago is the first time I ever invested in Ethereum, and um, that blockchain is where a lot of these NFTs are being saved and thus sold. Um, and it, it works somewhat similarly, sim, similarly, excuse me, um, as, you know, buying and selling Ethereum coins. Um, so, so what's worth, you know, buying as far as an NFT goes, um, really an NFT can be anything digital. So think, uh, music drawings, you've probably seen a lot of gifts out there on the internet, but it can even be something as, um, you know, a thought turned into AI is the example they used on here. It seems like it can be anything digital. So anything at all that can be saved digitally um, and say, basically you, you'll be say you would save it onto the blockchain, which would make it, you know, non-fungible and one of a kind. So those are, you know, you, if you go online and search NFT, you'll see a lot of gifts, like a lot of moving images, um, little things like that that people are coining and selling. Um, you've probably even seen goofy things. A good example of one of the one of the ones that I felt like probably became the earliest really big viral uh, NFTs that were sold was uh, the founder of Twitter, Jack Dorsey. 
actually sold his very first tweet. So he sold his first tweet um, and it went for $3 million. Now we'll get into it in a little bit, like who's paying for this stuff, whole nother part of the NFT story, but um, pretty crazy. So, I mean, he literally just sold the rights to the image of, of his first tweet. Uh, pretty crazy. Um, I think one of the questions that, you know, I saw in a lot of articles and, and one thing that I definitely question is like, do people really think this will become similar to art collecting? The first time I ever heard of an NFT, that was really what people were comparing it to. They're like, well, you, you pay to collect a physical art piece, trading and buying NFTs is really the same thing, but digitally. And I don't know a ton about art collecting, but actually, I shouldn't say I know, don't know a ton. I know nothing about art collecting, um, but collecting NFTs is essentially the same sort of um, mechanics behind the scene, if you think about it. So um, do people really think this will, you know, turn into something similar to art collecting? Um I think a lot of people really are hoping that is the case. Obviously, jumping into cryptocurrency early on, um, jumping into the NFT game early on, you know, it's just another way to try to jump in and be on the front end of of anything, right? And that's what a lot of these people are trying to do. They're trying to be, you know, well, there's two parts. People buying and selling them, just the average Joes. They're trying to be, they're trying to get into this NFT world early. The hope is to buy something that, you know, five, 10 years from now becomes a, um, you know, something people will pay a lot of money for, right? It's no different. It's just another form of buying something like back in the day used to buy, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon cards, uh, obviously like sports trading cards, all the, the general principle is there for why people are doing it. Um, there, like I said, the, the tweet by Jack Dorsey was crazy. Apparently there was also, a 50 second video of Grimes, the, uh, the artist, uh, sold for $390,000. There's been lots of different videos that have sold for millions of dollars. So it's kind of this bubble of who's selling what and for how much has really exploded recently. Um, and it gets pretty crazy from there. Um, I think the next thing to talk about is, um, like how do people how do people put values on this stuff and that's the part that to be honest uh, is very arbitrary right talk about supply and demand and how price works with with a lot of these they'll list it for a certain price and we'll get into where you can list um nfts here in a little bit um but really some of these people are just you know they're putting prices up that they hope they can get especially some of these famous um, NFTs like Jack Dorsey's, um, I think they're just putting random dollar values on it. And then of course, after one sells, then that's a data point that someone can go off of and say, well, Hey, Jack Dorsey's tweet sold for 3 million. Why can't my 50 second video sell for X? You know what I mean? So there's not, I wouldn't say there's a lot of science behind what these are going for. Honestly, it seems to me to be a lot more, um, a lot more feel and just people trying to list things for honestly, it feels like random amounts. Um, let's see. Um, the next thing we'll talk about, um, is the ability. So one of the questions and one of the things you probably will come across online, if you kind of dive into this rabbit hole, like I did is, um, you know, if someone buys an, an NFT of a video and the, 
they're like, I think a lot of people right away question like, wait, why would you spend all this money on a video when if it's just like anything else online, you can copy it, you can duplicate it, and then you don't even own the original anymore. And this is true. Think about um, anything online. Um, an image, think about a good example. I'll, I'll give you guys a great example, actually. Um, the images that I use for all of my podcast guests, so the ones where it says, you know, the ones I post online on Instagram and, and all of those, there's, those are videos, or not videos, sorry. Those are, they, there's pictures there of each guest. That picture started somewhere, right? And whoever took that picture would technically own the original photo, right? It's probably, you know, on a camera SD card somewhere. But then it gets put online. Then it, all of a sudden you can find it on Google. That's where I go and find it. And then I copy it and I put it on my own image. And now my image that I created that has their image on my, you know, with my logo is on Instagram, right? So it's been duplicated. Um, it can, ha it, that can happen with any of these NFTs as well, right? It's just like anything else on the internet. And what a lot of people go back to is, Hey, anything can be copied. Anything can be duplicated, even in the real world with physical things. But there's something to be said about owning the original copy and saying you are the original owner. That part to me is still extremely gray because I mean, they're, they're working on, and there are ways I'm not going to get into it in details today of how they're trying to validate what the original is. But with things uh, digitally, to me, that that's where like the biggest gap as far as my understanding of NFTs and why I would want to get involved um, becomes real is because I don't really understand how you prove you're the original. Sure, like saying you have the original of something that goes viral, sure. Maybe there is value in that and someone will buy that, but ee, I don't know. That part to me doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, and really now that that's what it is that's how it works that that you know the question really therein lies but why and is is owning an original of something digital really that important is it worth that much money that's kind of up to you and then really where my research went went into is it, it the the point and where the value comes in really comes down to a f to a few things and in who you are in the nft scenario are you an artist, a buyer, or are you a collector? Um, first of all, if you're an artist, this is a great thing for you, right? If you're someone who creates things, if you're someone who um, designs things, uh, this is another way for you to sell, right? This is a way for you to make a living off of your art, especially if there's a way you can get it online or if it is already a digital whatever, you're making images, songs, videos, et cetera, et cetera. It's great for you. And there's even ways to set up your NFT. There's a feature that's built into the Ethereum blockchain that will actually, it's kind of, think of it kind of like a royalty. It'll uh, create a, like basically a pay percentage every time your NFT is sold or changes hands. So what's happening with some of these people now, you know, they've created like a little GIF or a little video, for example, and they'll sell it once. Cool. I sold it for, you know, 50 bucks. Let's just say that. Let's say I sold it, my, a GIF I made for 50 bucks. But I set it up so that every time it's it's sold or changes hands, I get one percent of that. Well, if my gift gets sold a hundred times from buyer to buyer to buyer to buyer, and it ends up going viral, and at the end it's worth ten million dollars, and I make one percent, well, shit, I just made some money. So this is how artists are going to be able to make money through NFTs, which I think that part of it is really cool. Um, now, number two, if you're the buyer, um, 
the first thing, and, and I guess this is something I learned doing my research. I didn't realize this was like a huge component of this, but a lot of people who buy art, a big reason for that is, you know, there's this whole benefit of buying art to be financially supportive of the artists that you're a fan of. So for example, if you love the, if you love my gifts and you're a huge fan of my gifts and you have the money to spend and it makes you happy and you know, by buying it, it helps support me and my family. Boom. There, here's a new way that you can do that. Um, but at the same time, besides that, it's really like a bragging rights. Like you own the original of this art, and on top of it, you have the you have the blockchain entry, which is when you actually go and buy this um, to back that up. And then the last one, if you're a collector, well, any collector, and this is again all new news for me. But if you're a collector of physical art or NFT art, the whole point is you're buying something today, you're sitting on it, with the hopes that the value goes way up while you hold on to it. And someday you can sell it for a profit. Uh, it seems kind of crazy that this could actually be a thing where people are holding on to these little digital art pieces and selling them for a ton of money. But at some point in the past, people probably said the same thing about physical art, right? I mean, that's kind of the, the uh, I don't know, other side of thinking through this is, you know, it's at one point in time, that was weird to think of you'd buy and sell someone's painting and uh, turn around and sell it. So what sounds weird today could become the norm in the future. Um, all right. So those are the different types of people buying NFTs today. Um, uh, let's see what else. Um, what else did I write down here? Um, I mean, who is paying the big the big dollar values for these? Honestly, the one, people who are paying crazy amounts of money for some of these dumb ones, you know, I don't know. And it could be people with um, just a ton of money who don't really care. In my eyes, if you're spending these egregious amounts of money, like no offense, someone paying $3 million for Jack Dorsey's tweet, will they ever be able to sell that for more than $3 million? Hard to, hard to say, um, especially with it going viral. Um, but eh, I don't know. Um, one of the other things that I came across, which I thought was really interesting is, um, you know, for example, if Jack Dorsey sold his tweet for $3 million, what's stopping him from selling 50 more of, you know, copy, paste, copy, paste, and making 50 more uh, of those images and selling those? And that's kind of the biggest, I would say, ugh, still gray area of NFTs that have not has not been solved. And people do talk about this a lot online is just, you know, You'd have to be an opportunistic crooked jerk is, is this article that I read today, which I thought was pretty funny, um, but it's true. I mean, and I and I would be surprised if that's not going on today. You know, if someone sees they, they did something, they could sell it and they could just copy paste or just recreate it and resell it again. Uh, I would be surprised if that's not if that's not already happening. But it, and again, this does happen in the art world, the physical art world today. Right. There's one original painting. Many times that gets duplicated and resold, maybe not for as much as the original, but it does still happen. Um, so uh, where can you buy? There are marketplaces out there now that are uh, using the Ethereum blockchain where you can buy them. I have not bought one yet, so I really can't vouch for any of these. But these few that I'm about to name are um, some of the bigger marketplaces that I keep seeing as I read articles online. Um, and those are OpenSea, so open and then sea like the ocean, S-E-A, Rarible, and Nifty Gateway. Those three 
were ones that I saw quite a bit. Um, and that's really it, folks. Um, there's a lot of other stuff we could get into um, with this, but I kind of want to just give an intro to what it was. I honestly have been wanting to just sit down and learn about NFTs, and this episode was my ability to sit down and do that. I feel like I kind of just covered the surface of what they are and how they work, why people are buying them. Um, and then obviously there's a ton of gray areas and a, a lot of questions that I still have. So more to come. Um, one thing I love about my audience with Simply Finance, so many of you reach out to me, uh, whether it's questions, opinions, feedback, please do that. Uh, for this one, uh, you know, find me. I'm, I'm shane.m.white on LinkedIn, on Instagram, Shane White on Facebook. Uh, and I think I'm at white underscore Shane on Twitter. I always post all my episodes there, but please reach out. Um, I would love to hear what your guys' thoughts are on NFTs. And, um, you know, if there's other avenues I should be going down. A lot of you that I talk to, I know are way more versed in this than me. Um, but I find it very interesting and who knows, potentially a way to make some money for a lot of, for a lot of you. So, um, I hope this was helpful. I hope if anything, if you hadn't heard about NFTs and you listened to today's episode, I hope maybe you got a little spark that you're like, shit, I should probably learn about this. This, the NFTs for me, this conversation and the conversations happening all over the place feel very similar to me as the original cryptocurrency conversations felt like back in 2015, 2016, um, and even into 2017, where some people were talking about it, some people were getting involved, but the general public didn't know anything about it. They just heard about it in the news. Um, those types of things I love to at least explore. Doing an episode like this has forced me to do more research than I would have ever done on my own. Um, and then it gets it out in the world. And, and some of you that know a lot more than me uh, can hopefully share something back with the audience and myself. So I hope we all do that. Um, I appreciate you guys listening to today's episode. I have some really cool guests coming up. So fired up for what's to come in the next few days and weeks. And uh, as always, appreciate your guys' support. If you could share this with a friend, um, that's the biggest and best way to help grow the podcast. If you could leave a review and a five-star review, obviously, my, my friends, my family, my uh, audience, all of you guys out there that listen to this, I'm talking to you. That would help tremendously. Um, I, a lot of you have, have left reviews on iTunes. Thank you so much for that. It helps tremendously, like I said. And thank you again just for listening and being a part of this journey. And uh, we'll be back with another episode soon. So for now, take care, stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. See ya.